Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Thanks, Bill Haywatt. Welcome to Epi 203 of Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. I'm Mark Hershon, switch-off co-host with Tyson Saner, each of us taking every other week to do the show. That way we can bring you fresh Succotash every week as we do our best to ride out the pandemic lockdown together. I am uh, actually recording this from Studio M my Mazda CX-3, and you may hear some traffic noise or some wind going on. Uh, It's a little blustery here in my neck of the woods, so pay no attention to that. The aim of this season of the show is to bring you short snippets of a variety of comedy soundcasts, a kind of Whitman sampler of funny, so you can then track the ones down that you like and grab their full shows to enjoy them as you will. To make it even easier for your Soundcast Safari, if you click on over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, you can easily get to each show that we talk about by clicking on its title there. I've decided to go with a kind of TV-themed rack of Soundcast to play for you in the next half hour or so. We have Office Ladies, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, The Darkest Timeline, and Bonanas for Bonanza. This episode of Succotash is sponsored by Henderson's Pants, new Foggy Bottom Britches, and also TrumpPoetry.com. All right, let's hit the clips. If you were a fan of TV's The Office, especially the American version of Ricky Gervais's genius mockumentary Brainchild, or have thought about jumping in to fill up those long days and nights of sheltering in place, Office Ladies is the perfect watch-along soundcast. It's hosted by Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, who played Pam Beasley and Angela Martin, respectively, on the show. And it's an episode-by-episode, one-for-one breakdown of the entire run of the TV show, which ran from 2005 to 2013 on NBC. One of the most recent shows tracked the season finale episode of season two, entitled Casino Night, which had been written by Steve Carell, who not just played but embodied Michael Scott, the boss of The Office. And they had a special guest for this episode, John Krasinski, who played Jim Halper, who ends up marrying Pam on the show. In this clip, John and Jenna reminisce about when they first auditioned together for The Office, which is the very first time they met. Then I was the last New York person, and I saw all these L.A. people in, and I started to get super self-conscious. I am am not a confident person, and I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I'm the only New Yorker here, because everybody was like, Hey, Johnny, Tim, like greeting each other. And I was sitting on a floor like, so I went on to the set because all the producers were hiding in the background. And I said, I'm so sorry. I think someone forgot to tell me to go home. (gasps) And from behind a like fake wall, I remember hearing like a lot of chair moving and stuff and like banging (laughs) against the wall. And it was Greg trying to get out of his chair and find the entrance to get back on set. And he was like, nope, hold on one second. Hold on one second, please. Hold on one second. And I heard Terry Weinberg being like, no, 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 don't, don't go. And then I went back out to the waiting room, super freaked out. And I saw Jenna walk in the door and she was like, as soon as I saw you walk in, Jenna, I know I've told the story a billion times. So people are like, we get it. We've seen behind the scenes. Um, I 
I genuinely had like a metaphysical event where I was like, oh, that's who's in the show. That person will be in the show. And so they held me back. You went in with a bunch of people. And I remember thinking, if I don't go in with her, I'm screwed. And that's when I went on the thing and said, you should let me go. And they said, no, 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 there's one more person we want you to audition with. And it was you. And I thought, oh, my God, you're saying there's a chance. Because if I'm in with you, I knew I had a shot. Oh, my God. John, I can go back to that moment that I saw you at the audition. And I had that exact same reaction. I it was I've tried to describe it to people like what it was like to audition with you. And the best like the best explanation I could come up with was like, what if you walked into a room and music started playing and you and another person just started dancing in unison, even though you'd never met? That's what it was like auditioning with you. Wow, that's really way more beautiful than what I would say, which is like, I felt like I could see the future. <laughs> like I was like, it actually gave me um, anxiety because I was like, she's so on the show. Uh, it's so weird that I'm like watching a piece get in. And I remember, I'm sure you remember too, but when, after our audition, and I loved auditioning with you, we were walking through the kitchen. And I said, because uh, that was the way out. And I said, um, I just got to let you know, I think that you're going to get this part. You're perfect for this. And you, you seem to remember, you said the same thing to me. I don't, because I blacked out. I was trying to <laughs> look you in the eyes. I did. I was so excited I that you said that, because I felt like I had wanted to say that to you, but I didn't have the courage. Because I didn't know you. You were, like, essentially a stranger to me. The only time we had really Chris spoken or interacted was during our audition. So yeah. we were kind of silently walking back to the kitchen. And I was thinking in my head... Should I tell him I think he's the best Jim? Is that appropriate? Should I say you're the best Jim? You're going to be Jim? Or is that is that bad form? I don't know. What's the etiquette? And so when you said, I think you're going to get the role of Pam, my memory is that I was like, oh, my God, I think you're going to be Jim. You're the best Jim. You're my favorite Jim. Like that. I just like blurted. I had like this. Just, yeah, like, I was having a nosebleed at that time. Don't remember much. Now, Jenna and Angela have been doing the show via Zoom since April when the versions they'd done in the studio ran out. And if you haven't caught John's weekly YouTube SGN videos, which stands for Some Good News, you're missing out on some great spirit-lifting news about what people are doing during the COVID-19 crisis to help others. I'll put a link to a recent one up at SuccotashShow.com in this episode's rundown. The home site for Office Ladies is Earwolf.com, but you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. And if you're a Stitcher Premium subscriber, you get the shows without commercials and with some bonus stuff, too. Another episode-by-episode breakdown of a beloved TV sitcom is Fake Doctors, Real Friends, hosted by Zach Braff and Donald Faison, who were two of the series regulars on Scrubs, which ran from 2001 to 2010, most of it on NBC, but the last two seasons aired on ABC. If you somehow missed this show the first time around, it did debut almost 20 years ago after all. Here's a summary from imdb.com. Set in the fictional Sacred Heart Hospital in California, John J.D. Dorian makes his way through the overwhelming world of medicine with the help of his best friend, his fellow rookie doctors, and the arrogant but brilliant attending physician he views as his mentor, unquote. So Zach played J.D. and Donald, his best friend, Christopher Turk. There are a lot of funny fantasy sequences in the show, which are mostly in J.D.'s brain. This clip is from a recent episode where series creator Bill Lawrence jumps in as their guest to talk about the show. You know, I never realized either, but the janitor feels like he's a pretty 
good janitor, right? I mean, he's yeah, yeah. absolutely. I never realized until rewatching it, but like, even though he spends his entire existence fucking with me, he, you know, he, he does his best. He's a, pretty much a one man band, except for that 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 crazy Troy. Name. Troy, oh my god, nice pull. Yes. He, except for uh, Troy, and then um, uh, yeah. Martin. Yeah, Troy was the best <laughs> because Troy frustrated the janitor to no end. And my favorite thing was when Troy's like, I'm going to go beat you up. He's like, that's not how we do it, man. That's not how we do it. <laughs> it was literally like, we're better than that. Ah, uh, man. I, I enjoyed working with Flynn. Um, uh, I forgot about the frozen effect thing, Bill, and it's really cool. It's at uh, 243. It's really done well. And I don't even remember how he pulled that off, but the foreground and background are frozen. Yeah. And, and uh, whoever that was executed was really good. And then we go to the guy who's, then on the other side of things, we go to the guy who's just frozen and doing a horrible job trying to be frozen without any. Oh, I know. You, you know. You know what's really interesting is that one of the things you'll see in the first year, much like the sound effects that you guys notice, is they're drifting away. I think they're almost gone. I'm hoping. They're we close. Keep laugh- we keep laughing that, uh, that, that you say they're almost going away, and then we hear and like, then they're, they're big time. <laughs> jingle bells. Yeah, jingle bells with bell- 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 But the... The other thing that you have to look for is um, we used to because writers love to procrastinate. We used to have hours of talks about rules, you know, and the rules of the world. Um, and uh, uh, this broke one of them, and we made it right after this. Was you can't still be in a fantasy after you're out of a fantasy. Oh, you know, interesting! Then, interesting! Wow! Yeah, after you flash out, it has to be real. The one, the conversation that tortured people. Forever, and we didn't show the answer to it till like the sixth or seventh year. Is when JD has these long fantasies. What's he doing? Is he just standing there? <laughs> yeah, what's happening? And, uh, and eventually, eventually, we had you and talking to the Todd in like the sixth or seventh year uh, when you go, uh, uh, "Oh, that makes me think about trolls," and you go like this, and then Rob Todd stands there. <laughs> The better part of like thirty seconds, and then you're like, and that's why you shouldn't buy blah blah blahs. And right. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you started. It's funny because last time you were on, we talked about how when I when I came out of a fantasy, I had agreed to buy Nurse Roberts' dead husband's bowling shoes. Yes, and and I didn't know because I was in a fantasy land. But I forgot you didn't really keep that that little thing going. That all, that no, would have been, a, that would have been have... a funny runner if like JD because he's in a fantasy ends up agreeing to all this random shit. We didn't have any of the rules yet, man. And we were trying – people used to argue all – like the biggest argument that you guys can look for in the writer's room and it ate up hours the first year was was JD's voiceover omniscient. Did he know what was going on in the other stories and could narrate them? Or did we have to write it so general as if he's talking about himself but doesn't know about those stories? And it used to drive people insane. The home site for fake doctors, real friends, is iHeartRadio, where incidentally you can find episodes of Succotash just by doing a search for us there. Zach and Donald have been doing this show just since the start of the coronavirus crisis, so they're on Zoom and have been the whole time. Donald has to do his from a closet because he's got kids. I like the fact, just like with Office Ladies, you can tell that these two hosts are actually real-life friends. I've got two more fun clips coming up. But let's grab a couple of quick messages from our esteemed sponsors. Hello, friends. In this time of political unrest, both in the U.S. of A. and abroad, Bill Haywatt here to offer you a reassuring word from our overlords at Henderson's Pants. If you're overwhelmed with the wild ride the current administration has upon us, relief is just a changing room away. 
Once you slip into a pair of Henderson's new foggy bottom britches, you'll be well on your way to seeing yourself clear of these trying times. Why, you may ask? Well, because foggy bottom britches let you slip into any closed session on Capitol Hill, raucous caucus, or smoke-filled back room with the confidence of the majority party. You'll fit right in with that flushed look that comes from spending other people's money and an enhanced derriere that is just perfect for butting into other people's business. And right now is the perfect time to shop for your foggy bottom britches. Thanks to an executive order and a flurry of tweets from you-know-who, these pants are 15% off until sanity returns to the Oval Office. Originally designed for lobbyists, executives from Goldman Sachs, and the waitstaff at Mar-a-Lago, Henderson's Foggy Bottom Bridges are available at your nearest gerrymandered polling place. That's Henderson's, makers of empty suits and stuffed shirts since 1929. And now back to Succotash. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumpPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. Trump Poetry. Give me your hands, show me the door. I cannot stand to wait anymore. So, our next clip from the darkest timeline is also TV show related, but it's not a rewatch show. The title comes from an episode of NBC's Community, created by Dan Harmon, who has a couple of soundcasts out there himself, including Harmontown, a show so popular it spawned its own documentary, and where the plot of it was a look at the show's characters in a comically grim alternate reality. That was this episode called The Darkest Timeline. Well, two of the show's stars, Joel McHale and Ken Jeong, became best friends and feuding enemies. They often take any opportunity, if being interviewed alone, to throw shade at the other. Not unlike the ongoing rivalry between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, albeit with smaller paychecks. Anyway, they're currently zooming together to bring this soundcast to us, and it's really more of a weekly update on the COVID-19 situation and the outlook for the future. Ken has been a doctor for many years, long before he became an actor. And Joel's been a comedian long before he became an actor. And they found a quirky mix in this show of being informative while trying to keep things as light as they can, given the gravity of the current health situation. This clip, however, is all for fun, as it's from their episode 9, which dropped recently, and features a Zoom call with pretty much the entire cast, minus Chevy Chase, and including show creator Dan Harmon. I got an envelope from Community with um, with a form in it to um, send them back a check for the envelope <laughs> <laughs> price, the price of the envelope. Oh, <laughs> I said this on your podcast already, but our season one rap party was on our own set and the art department had to decorate their own rap party. Yes, yes. Isn't that the yeah, only they, one they had to clean it up. Everyone had, worse than they had to decorate it. 
they couldn't drink at the rap party <laughs> because then they'd be drinking while doing their job, which was to take down the rap party. Oh, no. That's not a joke. Oh, my God. Like, That's like, horrible. Oh, That's hey, aren't you working electrical? Give me that champagne. What are you doing? You get out of here. <laughs> That's crazy. Get the shit out of here when we go home. Not right. It's and not Sony's, right. Like, Sony's like, perfect. We have our workaround. Just make the <laughs> yeah. art department do everything. They just made a party last week. <laughs> we always had a party. Always. And we also had five dances. All five dances. Five dances. And we were talking about that, that, that T-shirt, which we should have made. All five dances or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I just always go watching back the episodes. I'm just like, man, we got to do a lot of stuff that, like, children get to like the food fights and stuff like that oh, yeah. i'm like oh yeah. when do you get to do this all the time like maybe you get yeah. to do one movie or one show when you get to yeah. do one of those things and you're yeah. like oh this is awesome and i was like no this is all, every episode i'm like oh yeah we did do that like we got yeah. to do that like it's crazy to me when, we, when i see stuff that we did on the show that if i if i asked for it from people that were drawing it they would be like no you, mm. it's too much to draw mm. but like, <laughs> it's like, you get the guy right. from breaking bad comes around the corner with a fire extinguisher propelled tank <laughs> that he made out of desks and lockers yes lava episode i'm like wait weren't we always being told we were out of money that's what exactly i was watching it. i was thinking the joke the entire time was i was i was always hearing like we don't have a lot of money we don't have a lot yeah. of money and then yeah. be like well, we got to build this giant chicken spaceship. Like, <laughs> I truly think it was right. just ignorance. It was like, that was my biggest defense because I didn't come up through the ranks as like, a, so, so it must've, they must've thought I was trolling them, but, like, <laughs> but I genuinely would have like gaps in my logic where they would be like, well, we're, your show costs too much money. And then I would genuinely think Okay, but it's okay because mm -hmm. the next episode is set in a world beyond time. So that, <laughs> <laughs> like the tables will be uninvented, so they'll be like, like the oh my god, the newspapers yeah. will be in a different language. Yeah, that, that's cheaper, Shirley right? Shirley Island. Be like, why are you fucking with us? Like, Shirley Island. Shirley Island was elaborate. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. I think there was an, I think on the first paintball, I remember Pat Keeling like looked at Justin Lin and just like, you have to shut it down now. And, and Justin went, okay. And then he waited for him to walk out and he's like, let's keep going. And kept going. That, that, that was the first friend I ever made on that set. But you guys notwithstanding, but it was like, that was like the, the Russo brothers knew Justin from like film school or something. And I was like, Oh great. Another fucking dude from that the Russo's know or whatever. And then he was like, he pulled one of those and it was like, I, I was like, Oh, this guy is just like a kid. Like the rest of us, like mm -hmm. he's just trying to figure out how to sneak in, how to sneak it in. Um, yeah. I was like, I, I want to work with this guy forever. For the record, that was Allison Bree, Danny Pudi, Dan Harmon, Donald Glover, Yvette Nicole Brown, Gillian Jacobs, and Jim Rash, plus, of course, Joel McHale and Ken Jeong. You won't get that firepower every week, but The Darkest Timeline is a good listen, and you can keep up on what's happening virus-wise.
All right. For our last clip, we're going to take a hard left away from the sitcoms that feature prominently in the three preceding segments. Although this last one is, for all intents and purposes, a rewatch show, I'm not even sure how to explain Bonanas for Bonanza without taking up a whole show itself, but let's try. First of all, I'm not pronouncing the title. It is Bonanas for Bonanza. Not sure why. As for the rest, once upon a time, Andy Daly and Matt Gorley did a couple of seasons of Andy Daly's podcast pilot project over on Earwolf. We clipped one of those pilots, Shut Up and Have Fun with Danny Mahoney, back in Epi 85 of Succotash in 2014. One of Andy's characters from that group of pilot episodes was Dalton Wilcox, who billed himself as, quote, the poet laureate of the West, unquote. He also had a habit of hunting down and killing monsters, such as werewolves and vampires. Cut to present-day Soundcast land, where Andy and Matt have created a rewatch show around Bonanza, a very popular TV western that ran for 15 years and went off the air in 1973. 1973. Take that in for a minute. You can find a lot of it on YouTube and some other streaming services. Well, hilariously, with Andy playing Dalton Wilcox and Matt Gorley coming in as country music legend Mutt Taylor, along with comedian Maria Bamford along for the ride as Bonanza superfan Amy Sleeverson, this trio is attempting to get their audience through all 431 episodes of this long-defunct TV show. They often will have a guest riding shotgun, and our clip, episode 4, The Paiute War, features the hardest-working guest in soundcasting, Paul F. Tompkins, appearing as Dalton's adversary, Russell Shine. Okay, we are back. Welcome back to Bananas for Bonanza. I'm here with Muck Taylor and Hale Sleeverson and the incompetent publisher of books, uh, Russell Shine. And we are... Uh, publisher of good books that actually sell. Uh, oh, yeah. What? Give me an idea of a book that you've actually successfully sold. Anything? There, there was Behind the Screen Door, which was a huge success. It did very well. It's, it's, one of the, on it's, it's a top. It's a top downloaded audio book. Why do you oh. need to know what's behind a screen door? You can already see through it. Yeah, exactly. It's and hear it. That's it's a good opaque. Point. You can't see through it what? clearly unless you're right up against it. Who is? You are. I am. Yeah. Oh, I'll take one. I think you won that one. Yeah. I think All right. Too. This episode is called the Paiute War, and it has Indian savages. And uh, they took a one episode break. They didn't give show. you a note about saying Indian savages. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. It has Native American savages. <laughs> it was. <laughs> they did give me that note. Thank you. <clears throat> it's a first episode had some Chinese. And then the second episode oh. had uh, these Native American savages. And in the third episode, we, there was a Mexican fella. Yeah. And he got killed. Nobody cared. And now in this episode, we're back to the Native American savages. And the episode starts. Boy, this is a damn good one. We got, uh, we're at Wilson Station. It's the Wilson brothers. And they're haggling with some, uh, uh, what, what is it? Native American NAS. Maybe we'll call them that for short. <clears throat> Native American savages. Why can't you just... It's a mouthful. I, I wish I could just say Indians or savages or... <sighs> Paiutes. Paiutes. Pie. Well, okay. But these weren't Paiutes. Yes, were they, they pie? were. They oh. were Paiutes. You got it. All I right. thought they you weren't. loved this show. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a little confusing because the, there's the Paiutes the, and the Shoshone. Yes. And, it's and it's the like Game of Thrones, though. Just, you know, it gets complicated. It gets real complicated. Big fact, Game of Thrones fan? Yeah, me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah. tell where God is in this episode. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> 
He's on the bench with you. Who's good and who's bad? I can't yeah. tell. Uh, right. that I know. This is a complicated episode. In fact, there's a whole big chunk we're just not going to talk about because it's too complicated. But anyways... <laughs> Starts out in Wilson Station, where the Wilson brothers is haggling over pelts and fabric with some Paiutes, and it's two fellas and their squaws. And uh, these guys, these Wilsons are drunkards. And in comes a young Jack Warden. Oh, boy. You know that actor, Jack oh, Warden? Oh, sure. Now, he was, at one time, young, evidently. I never knew that before. Yeah. Jack Warden, you, you probably know him from Problem Child and Problem Child 2 and Problem Child 3, Junior and Love. He's, uh... Used cars. Also... He was in a TV show uh, in the 60s called The Wackiest Ship in the Army. What? I'm dying to see that. What's that ship even doing in the Army? Maybe that's part of why it was wacky. But it is implies it? that there are other ships in the Army that were not wacky. It or, does. Or that's... somewhat wacky. I'm... But this one takes the cake. You've got to see it. There are no native people in this episode who are actors oh. play, playing people. You're and... saying none of the none of the actors no! playing the savages no were actual one, savages. No one is a native <clears throat> Person. <laughs> well, that's how they used to do it. Oh, man, I wish we'd go back to those days. Anyways, uh, they they have a dispute, and uh, and the drunkards, the Wilson brothers, kick the uh, the men out, and they hang on to the women for the purposes of rape. Yeah, and one of them literally oh. just hangs on to them with both arms, both of them, and they're just kicking and screaming. And yeah, one, he one says, now we'll have some away. privacy. Oh boy. So all right, and then we go to the Ponderosa. And we're, 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 I'm just about ready to see a clip here. Now, we got all our, our, our Cartwrights. We got Ben and Adam and Haas and Little Joe. And uh, and remember how in the last episode there was so much Haas. It was all about Haas. Sure. Haas didn't yes. lie. So if you're – imagine yourself watching this. This is only the fourth episode ever of Bonanza. You fell in love with Haas last week. <laughs> you really did. And failing that, you just love the ensemble of the four men together. <laughs> That's right. That's Bonanza. It's what you come for. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see this scene right here. Watch it. Now, you boys have a good time in San Francisco. <laughs> and be careful of that Barbary Coast. Don't want either one of you Shanghai. Now, boy, you just relax. If a horse gets in any trouble, I'll take care of him, boy. <laughs> oh, you just make sure one of those spangly women don't take care of you. And get back as soon as possible. Now, business is business, but we need you back here in the Ponderosa. Now, get! And that's it for Hoss for the whole episode. That's right. He never comes back. <laughs> Bonanas for Bonanza is an earwolf show, but you can get it pretty much anywhere finer soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and my personal favorite, the Laughable app. I'm completely operational and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. That's going to do it for Epi 203 of Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. Episode 204 will be coming up next week with my co-host at a distance, Tyson Saner. And coming up in the next few weeks from my side of the soundcast will likely be an interview with improv and stand-up comedian extraordinaire Greg Proops. And also a special down-under edition of Succotash featuring clips from Australian-based soundcasts and co-hosted with old friend of the show, Jason McNamara, a.k.a. Jabs, from Canberra, Australia. But that's in the future. For now, take care of yourself. Maintain social distance. Wear a mask when you go out. I don't care what the local governments are saying. Just use your common sense. And if you want to help cheer someone up, please pass them the succotash. Goodbye. 
You've been listening to Suckatash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, Trumpoetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash u slash Suckatash. Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Suckatash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.